All right. Season 1, Episode 79, Pete's Podcast, Bible Story Evangelism, Acts chapter 4, verses 1 through 37. Schofield's outline of chapter 4, starting in verse 1 of chapter 4, the first persecution, uh, starting in chapter 5, Peter's address to the Sanhedrin when called before them and imprisoned one night and asked in whose name he was, he healed the man that was crippled from birth and now was over 40 years old and a staple of the temple. I'm sure Jesus had passed him many times, but was saving that for uh, that miracle for, for Peter and for us, I guess. All right, uh, preaching in the name of Jesus Christ forbidden in verse 13, starting in verse 13. Uh, starting in verse 23, we have uh, Christians again filled with the Spirit. And then the last note here is uh, 32 to the end of the chapter, 32 to verse 37, the state of the church in Jerusalem, which was uh, very good at this time. But the persecution is going to increase. First martyr comes in Acts chapter 7, and uh, by the end of the apostolic age, all the apostles, there's 12 of them now, they're all martyred. Uh, John is the only one that dies of old age in prison on the island of Patmos. But uh, anyway, so let's start in uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 1. And this is uh, the same day, as far as I can tell, that um, he uh, was involved with the healing of the cripple outside the temple and the ruckus that that caused. And uh, now the leaders of the temple, the Sanhedrin, the, the, the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, the Sadducees, uh, call the apostles. Okay, Acts chapter 4, verse 1. And the apostles spake unto the people, and as the apostles spake unto the people, the priests and the captains of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. So they didn't call for them. They came out to see what the ruckus was. And the guy who had been lame from birth, the, 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 the state, the, the, the constant person at the temple asking for alms was jumping around hugging the disciples and uh, they wanted to find out what the commotion was. Verse 2, being grieved that the apostles taught the people and preached through Jesus Christ the resurrection of the dead, which was a notable miracle that was pretty hard to deny. It was seen by over 500 witnesses and the result were his disciples who would showed no fear at all at this point uh, would not deny Christ for anything even though that's what these powerful people the same players Annas the high priest and the other high priest Caiaphas and that was kind of a political thing I think or I've read extra biblically that that, uh, the Romans had picked Caiaphas a younger man to be their guy but um, the, the, the high priest, as far as the Jews were concerned, was his father-in-law. At any rate, 
Um, they were upset that, that, that Peter was teaching, uh, preached through Jesus Christ, the resurrection of the dead. He, just preaching the resurrection of the dead. Uh, the Sadducees are sad, you see, because they don't believe in the resurrection of the dead. So that's the way you can. Pharisees are fair, you see, and Sadducees are sad. Excuse me, let me get a drink. I'm trying not to cough. So for now, for the first time, I'm going to sip a drink. And now I'm, you know, I always thought that was some kind of a weird thing when I'd see people always have to have water to talk because I talked all day long without sipping on anything, but I guess those days are over. Anyway, um, verse 3, and they, the Sanhedrin, the, the high priest, the captain of the temple, his guard, his sergeant-at-arms, and the Sadducees, uh, through their guard, laid hands on Peter and John and the man that was healed, all three of them, because at this point they were pretty inseparable, and put them in the hold, put them in hold, which is, uh, I guess, a temple holding area, a prison, if you will, probably more like a holding area, unto the next day. So they were going to sleep on it and figure out what to do with these guys because a notable miracle had been done. Nobody could argue with that. I mean, people came to the temple for, for years and years and years for the pilgrim feasts. And this is right at you know the, the day of Pentecost or the day after. At any rate, there's a lot of people in Jerusalem hearing about Jesus. And so they put them in the hold until the next day, uh, for it was eventide, it was evening, so they just said, well, we'll deal with them in the morning. Uh, Verse 4, Howbeit many of the Sanhedrin, the, the leadership of Israel, which heard the word, okay, uh, I'm sorry, many of the, the people, um, of them which heard the word believed and the number of the men was about 5,000 so this miracle Peter had led 3,000 just by speaking in tongues um, the day before and now as a result of the healing of this man outside the temple that had been outside the temple probably many many years of his life uh, the number that believed because of this miracle was uh, the, uh, the preaching of Jesus and the, the miracle combined to the result that the number of men was about 5,000. And it came to pass on the morrow, so they spent the night in prison, uh, that their rulers and elders and scribes, the people that made up the leading body of Israel called the Sanhedrin, uh, Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, so it depends on the day practically who gets the honor of being called the high priest. Fifty days earlier it was Caiaphas at the crucifixion of Christ. He was, Christ was first taken to uh, Annas, the, the Caiaphas's high priest, but Annas sent him to Caiaphas, and Caiaphas sent him to Herod, I mean to uh, Pilate, 
Anyway, and John and Alexander, these are members of the leading body of Christ, and many of, as were of the kindred of the high priest, so it's a family affair. Uh, you don't have a lot of arguments, I guess, uh, inside the family of the leadership of Israel. And they're not doing a very good job of leading Israel, or they would have recognized the Messiah, but they didn't. And, um, you know, God ordaining Christ to die on the cross, I personally don't have a problem with that. Um, he did it for me, he did it for you, he did it for the sins of the whole world. But just like Abraham, Abraham believed God and it counted unto him for righteousness. If you don't believe in the Savior or trust in the Savior or the God that sent him to die on the cross and pay for our sins, then you're going to be in trouble. But um, <clears throat> eternally separated from God, you'll pay for your sins yourself. The wages of sin is death. It's not good works as much as you would like to promote possibly your good works. Uh, these people were not doing this to be saved. They were doing it because they were saved, because they were sold out for the Lord. Uh, and when they had, verse 7, and when they had set them in the midst, so they're surrounding, surrounded by the high priest and his family in the Sanhedrin, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? And Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, for really the first time in his life, this could was possible at Pentecost, ye rulers said unto them, the Sanhedrin, ye rulers and people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined for the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he was he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, but by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand <coughs> excuse me, before here before you whole. Take a drink. This is the stone which was set at naught of the builders, which is become the head of the corner, which is uh, Psalms 118, verse 22. So here's this ignorant fisherman, who they call ignorant, um, but this ignorant Galilean whose speech betrays him, yet uh, for, for me to look up that psalm is a pretty easy thing. I just say into my phone... Uh, the the um, the stone which was at not which the builders rejected, and and it pops up. So, uh, but but you had to know the Bible, and people didn't own scrolls; they they studied them. I mean, this was uh, these were handmade parchments that were held in the temple or a city synagogue, and read, but but studied by Peter, and also taught by Christ and brought to remembrance by the Holy Spirit. Okay, but uh, there's, no, uh, there's no lack of boldness here on the part of Peter and John, or the man that was healed for that matter. Um, verse 11, This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which is become the head of the corner, uh, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified. Neither is there salvation in any other, Verse 12, 
For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now, you might, I've heard it said, and you might be one that believes this or would like to believe it. You know, that Jesus can't be the answer because there's a whole world that doesn't believe in him. Seek and he shall find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. Um, seek, ask and ye shall receive. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. So, again, if if Christianity is too narrow for you, then then uh, then how about oxygen being too narrow for you to sustain life? You know, I'm going to breathe something else besides oxygen. So, anyway, um, it it is it is what it is. Neither is there. You know, I want some other source of heat for the earth than the sun. I'm sorry, you're stuck with the sun. And you're stuck with the S-O-N of God, too. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name un- given under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved. <clears throat> and anybody can come to Christ. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Our whole dating system is based on the fact that 2,000 years ago, Christ came to earth and rose from the dead. And... Uh, so, it's, I think it's up to you to realize who Jesus Christ is. Uh, verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, I mean, they were not, people didn't stand up to these people like this, but Peter did and always did after the crucifixion, after the resurrection from the dead, after the filling of the Holy Spirit, Peter was a lion. Now, he wasn't perfect. He messed up in, in Antioch when he was uh, offended by the by eating with the uh, Gentiles when James came along. But he, Paul addressed that. Now, when the Sanhedrin saw the boldness of of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. How do you perceive that? Well, you might make a judgment by the way they're dressed. You might make a judgment by their accent being Galilean. Uh, they, I think they were relatively, compared to a Pharisee of the Pharisees, ignorant. But what they had, they the now, when the Sanhedrin saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant, and they marveled, and they took knowledge of them that they, Peter and John, had been with Jesus. So, uh, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the sea of scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. These men... Uh, spent a lot of time in the Word of God. I think that that was their number one job and and in talking about it. And behold, the man which was healed. And beholding the man that was healed, standing with Peter and John, they could say nothing against it. You know, nobody ever lost, nobody ever won an argument over Jesus, and now it's getting to the point where they cannot win arguments over Peter or John or his disciples or Stephen for that matter. They can just react in hatred and, and kill as they do Stephen in, in Acts chapter 7, the first martyr. Verse 14, And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. 
But when they had commanded Peter and John to go aside out of the council, and then their third guy now, the, the man that was healed, the Sanhedrin conferred among themselves. So it's nice to be a fly on the wall and hear what they said. Through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, whatever, we know what they said. Saying, verse 16, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed a notable miracle has been done by them, is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it. But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them, that they speak henceforth, no more uh, to no man in this name, the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And the Sanhedrin called Peter and John and the healed man and commanded them not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. Peter didn't just go out and, and, and speak in the name of Jesus. Verse 19, But Peter and John answered and said unto the Sanhedrin, which had fifty days earlier crucified Christ, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge you. For we cannot speak the things which we have, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And when they further threatened them, the very weak position to be in, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. And all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle healing was shown. So here we have the last uh, part of the outline: uh, the church in Jerusalem, and and being let go, they, Peter and John, and probably their their new friend, uh, went to their own company, which could be the other ten disciples at this point, apostles. It could be expanded beyond that. I'm not sure. And reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God which hath made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is and all that in them is. Verse 25 Who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? Psalm 2, verse 1. A Psalm of David, verse 2. Uh, cha, 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 Psalm 2, verse 1. All right, um, verse 26. The kings of the earth stood up. This is again quoting David. The kings of the earth stood up, and rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against the holy child Jesus, whom, you know, 
I, I think David's quote was in verse 25, so I'm going to attribute this to the apostles. Let me read it again. The kings of the earth stood up and rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together. So this is their prayer to God is what it is. They quoted David and now this is their prayer. Verse 28. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. This is where I say that, you know, the crucifixion of Christ, the only thing I don't think God will do is make you believe in him. He's not going to pick and choose. He's going to save them that believe is what the Bible says. So that's on you. But as far as anything else in your life, this this uh, motorcycle accident I had could have been you know, pruning, you know, that bring back bring forth more fruit, and uh, that kind of thing. So I don't have a problem with God acting in my life in many many different ways. Um, getting malaria in Panama, I, I attributed that to God when I was 25 years old. Had been a believer for seven years and was getting pretty far away from the Lord, but I definitely got active in a church as soon as I got back and then planned from then on to get out and go to Bible college. Um, verse 29, Now the Lord, behold, <clears throat> now, Lord, this is again the disciples' prayer, the apostles' prayer, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness we may speak thy word. I think they should have said with, that we would continue in boldness. I don't know how you could be any more bold than Peter and John did. Don't speak in Jesus' name. And, and their response is, Be it known unto you all that, and all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand before you whole. So I don't know how you could be any more bold than that. But they're, they're, they know that they're scared. And they're asking for boldness. And this is a prayer that, that Paul asked for right after the, uh, at the end of uh, the last chapter of uh, Ephesians, chapter 6, when he prays about put on the whole armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the, the sword of the word, the shield of faith, uh, Loins gird with the truth, the sheet feet shed in preparation of the gospel. Put on the whole armor of God, which is yours on day one of becoming a believer. You've got the helmet of salvation. You've got the sword of the word because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You've got the shield of faith that you put in Jesus Christ to be saved. Um, you've got the truth. You've got the gospel. You've got the full package. You join the army. It's not going to be long before they give you all the stuff. And you'll memorize the serial number on your rifle and on and on and on. So, and that, that follows you wherever you go. It's called TA-50. Anyway, okay, so, um, golly, I get excited and I digress and, uh, and I, I lose my place when I go off on a rabbit trail. Well, when I listen to this, I will figure out where I went wrong and uh, maybe address it when I come back. Uh, tomorrow, if it's important enough for me to remember. Okay, um, so they're praying for boldness. 
Oh, I was talking about praying for boldness. I was talking about Paul. Praying for boldness. At the end of that chapter, he says, And pray for me, people, for boldness, that I may open my house boldly, and for opportunities to share my faith. And Barb and I, my wife and I, would pray every uh, day before school, at least at, towards the end of our lives together. For years, we would pray, sitting after our kids grew up, because it was a little hectic when they were in the car. But but when we were driving ourselves, we would, would pray for the day, and we would pray for boldness and opportunities to share our faith. Because that's what Paul prayed for. I don't pray for the Lord to return. I don't pray for the rapture to happen. I pray for boldness and opportunities to share my faith. I can get pulled out of the game at any moment. I believe in imminence, which means the Lord could return at any moment. And I want to be just, my life is, is around sharing Christ. Now, if I lived during the tribulation, yes, I would be praying every day that the Lord would return. But I would know that it's going to be a little less than seven years, so I don't know how much time I would waste on that. But I can't buy or sell food. I can't do anything because I don't have the mark of the beast. I have the seal of God on my forehead. I can't get the mark of the beast because they would see the seal of God and they would kill me. But anyway, that's the tribulation. The Great Tribulation has lasted three and a half years. So, and we're supposed to, it's fundamental. The, the uh, eternal judgments are fundamental. And that's, that's an, a judgment, 70th week of Daniel. Uh, it's really a testing of Israel. And they pass with flying colors. And the 144,000 have much to be proud of the rest of eternity, I guess. But nobody's really proud in heaven because nobody would be there except for what Jesus Christ did on the cross. That's the way I look at it. So... Anyway, um, all right, so they prayed for boldness at the end of verse 31. Now we've got just uh, six more verses to go here, and this is what they did in Jerusalem. And the multitude of them, and I don't know if it was just the 12 12 apostles or the 150 apostles or the 8,000 that believed that day or what, because this is a a feast of... uh, a pilgrimage feast. So Jerusalem has millions of people in it for these feasts and the Passover and Pentecost and uh, the Feast of Booths. Uh, <clears throat> all right. So, um, so I don't know what this multitude consists of that believed. It, well, they have that in common. That could be, at this point, it could be 8,000. 3,000 yesterday, the 5,000 the second time Peter spoke. Uh, or at least did the miracle. Uh, those that were on the borderline of trusting Christ did. Whatever. Uh, and the multitude of them, these are, what was it called? Uh, their own company. So that that phrase makes me think it's at the apostles. But at any rate, um, the apostles are mentioned here, but it, it also does sound like there's other believers too. And the multitude of them that believed, so that believed recently could be 8,000, were of one heart and one soul, neither said any of them that, that aught of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. They could talk about that. They, they witnessed it. They, they were part of it. And great grace was upon them all. I think all 8,000. 
neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or households sold them and brought the price of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet. And and, and distribution was made unto every man according to he had need. And Joe's, who's uh, could be interpreted Joseph, uh, who's, who by the apostles was named Barnabas, which is being interpreted son of consolation, a Levite from the country or island of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought it and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, this, this, this act right here, uh, Paul worked making tents and was not chargeable to the Thessalonians when he was stayed with them or the Corinthians or he was uh he worked at and was also an apostle um I think this was my personal take on this is it's it's not taught uh in the New Testament it was something here in this transition period they didn't have the New Testament but this was sell, sell, sell. You know, if you're an investor, you know you got to buy at the right time and you got to sell at the right time. This was the right time to sell because these people were going to be hunted and killed. And the church moved to, to Asia Minor during the apostolic period. And uh, Paul does his ministry, uh, Asia Minor, all the way to Greece and Rome. But um, Jerusalem is the the Jews are cast out in AD seventy, which would be uh, forty years from now at the end of the Apostolic Age. Um, uh, John finished his writings in AD ninety, so AD uh, seventy is not that long away. Jews, even Jews that own property in Jerusalem, would lose it in a few years. So selling what you have as opposed to having it confiscated, would uh, be a smart thing to do. At any rate, they would, they gladly did it here. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. I, you know, I used to say that, that I've never been in a church where the pastor would would say, you know, uh, you know, would, would would applaud me if I said, you know, pastor, I sold everything I own, and here it is. They would have been in horror. I remember. Here's a story of of uh one of my pastors i was uh at, at when i taught school uh, we would get a christmas bonus and uh, i remember one year it was four hundred dollars i think that was probably barb's and mine and i put the four hundred dollars in my pocket because we were going up to south carolina to spend christmas with her mother which was our usual habit and um in the morning i, I couldn't find the four hundred dollars so just I knew that the last place I had it was in my pocket, and so I I called the church and I said uh, they they put me in touch with the pastor and, and I said pastor I it's a strange request strange question but I lost four hundred dollars and he said Pete I just went through the in our church, we had these bo- we have these boxes in the back where you put your tithes and offerings. He said, "I just uh, just cleared that cleared that out, 
It's a locked box, I would assume. I don't know. I never tried to open it. It's got a little slit on top. But um, it's right by the exit, so whatever. But um, he said, Pete, this is your, this is your, this is, there were four $100 bills in the offering. And as long as I've been pastor, at that point was 20 years or, or something to that effect, maybe a little less, 15 years, I have never, ever seen four $100 bills in church. We had our Christmas party where we got our bonus over the holidays, Christmas holidays, and we were leaving the next morning to spend time with Barb's mother in, in South Carolina and or Tampa. I can't remember where it was. But anyway, she uh, he said, Pete, come, get your $400. I'm sure, I'm positive it's your money. Somebody found it in the parking lot and put it in the offering. So I was really hesitant to do that uh, because, not that I'm a great person, I was just going to pay $400. I was pretty sure it was my money too. But but uh, he was definitely concerned and wouldn't hear anything else. I said, look, I'll just, I'll just you know, I'll skip the next uh, couple months of tithing or whatever. Um Back in those days, that was probably one month. But anyway, whatever. No, yeah, whatever. I don't want to say. But it, a couple months. So um, they. Uh, so I came and I picked up my four hundred dollars, and and I and I've always said I was glad. I'm telling you that story because I'm always glad to say I was in a church. I was glad to be in a church. One where somebody would find four hundred dollars in a parking lot, and put it in the offering because I didn't put it in the offering. But I was afraid when I'd pulled my keys out of my pocket or whatever that I had that it had fallen on the ground. I said, "Did anybody turn it in?" He goes, "Yeah, they did. They turned it into the offering." And I said, "Just keep it." And I've told you that, and I keep dragging it. But I was glad I went to a church where the my parishioner, my fellow parishioners would would find four hundred dollars in the offering over the Christmas at the beginning of the Christmas holiday, and not say thank you, God, but put it in the offering. And number two that my pastor wouldn't hear anything but for me to take that back and celebrate Christmas with my family, which I would have done fine anyway. But anyway, I just, I don't know, I just wanted to share that to you. I, I just don't think this is the model for the church. This was the model for Jerusalem. I don't see any writer of the New Testament uh, recommending this kind of action. Sell everything you own and give it to your pastor. My pastor, never have I had a pastor that would have thought that was a good idea. Now, there are probably some pastors out there, but I I usually find uh, the best church I can find and have done pretty well at that. And I only attend the best church I can find. And I've been into one I'm at now for over 20 years. But anyway, talking about giving, um, if you want to use this to make uh, your church uh, this kind of church, that's fine. Uh the Lord says he loves a cheerful giver. It, the Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Um, so um, a man that doesn't take care of his family is worse than an infidel. So if you want to use this model, I think the Lord knew the timing was right and that these people were going to be forced, the Christians out initially very soon, and followed by the Jews uh, would be forced out of Jerusalem by Titus when he destroyed the temple in AD 70, which really ended the whole temple feast days and all of that. I mean, they still celebrate the Passover around, all around the world, but up until that point, it was at Jerusalem. The Jews were 
expected to attend temple. Synagogues didn't come about until they were taken into captivity by the by the uh, Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians. 400 years before Christ, if I'm not mistaken, or approximately 400 years, 500 years before Christ. All right, so I kind of digressed at the end of that one, but didn't cough too much. I heard myself coughing on the tape, and I and I thought, that's not good, but it's uh, an acid reflux problem, and maybe sipping a drink will help with that and, and probably uh, fasting a little bit before I do this because it seems to be associated with my eating. Way too much information. Have a great day. Uh, go with God. Adios. And now i got to put this code in here so I can turn this off. Um, if I was really good at this, you'd be listening to music right now. But maybe I can figure out how to do that. But I'm going to say adios and go with God.